Welcome to I Had to Say It, the podcast where I talk about things that I feel need talking about, and sometimes they're not getting the attention they deserve. And your feelings, they're not under consideration. The podcast you're about to listen to contains at least one of the following. Strong language, disturbing topics, abusive opinions, generally things that aren't appropriate for little kids or overly sensitive people. So, if any of that stuff's going to get your nose out of joint, this is your chance to turn it off. Hey everybody, welcome to part two of my interview with Ariel Cooksey, the host of the Malice True Crime podcast. It's a fantastic show, you should be checking it out. This was this conversation was a whole lot of fun. I really enjoyed talking to her, and I hope you guys enjoy listening to it. That's just, it's one of those things though, I hear about those things, and I just get so enervated where i'm like this is exactly the kind of stuff that gets me rolling on these terrors where i'm just like Mm -hmm. what the hell is wrong with everybody right and what is your malfunction where any way shape or form that's okay with you You right you know and that's that's the thing is that you know when i look at these cases the way that i cover them i mean there's a big push right now to center the victims And unfortunately, that's not what my podcast is about. Now, that doesn't mean that I want to show any disrespect to them, but I think that it's critical for us to understand how criminals emerge in order to be able to prevent it or intervene or rehabilitate people who, you know, pass that bright line. Um, You know, but one of the things that is really important to me is that even though I'm approaching this with radical empathy, it's not an excuse for what they end up doing. What makes these predators terrifying is they do make a choice. You know, I can empathize with these people up to the point that they decide to inflict violence on someone. And from that point, it's like, look, I know people who've had some shit childhoods, like for real, for real. And they're not killers. In fact, a lot of them are victims advocates. And you know what I mean? So yeah, it's not a foregone conclusion that if you're, you experience a horrific childhood in some cases, that you're going to turn out to be a monster. So um, yeah. <laughs> I completely agree with you. I mean, like I said, like you said, there's people out there that have had absolutely horrible childhoods and they're not out there, you know, being the next Ted Bundy or, you know, John nope. Gacy or, or you know, any, any of the other very big name right. shoving people into a crawl space individual. Exactly. That's, there's, uh, yeah, I just, like I said, you're right. It's at some point it becomes a choice. And mm-hmm. I, I am a, uh, a big advocate for personal responsibility, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's one of those things. After you make a certain choice, you really, I, I really believe people need to have the consequences of their actions brought mm-hmm. home sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, going back to, like my mom said, growing up, I just had this really strong sense of justice. And it's like, I can have compassion for somebody. In some criminals, I have more compassion for than others. Um, there are some that I just go, I just can't. I can't with this person, like I'm trying, I'm trying my best to empathize, but people who like, for instance, didn't have bad childhoods and then just are complete psychopaths and selfish and narcissistic. And, and I just think like, nope. I mean, one of those that stands out to me is Diane Downs who had had an affair with a man. Uh, He cut it off and was so done with it that he and his wife actually moved to another state but she was convinced being histrionic as she was that he was in love with her and he had just expressed that he didn't want kids. Well, she had three kids. So her decision was to drive out into the middle of nowhere and shoot her children. Now, one of them, one of them died. The two remaining children were, she, she was witnessed on this country road going about five miles an hour to the hospital after she shot her children. Oh, geez. She made up this story about this wild-eyed crazy man who <laughs> jumped, I mean, because of course, right? Oh, yeah, you know. It's... Of course. Um, you know, and so she gets to the hospital. One of her daughters has already bled out. 
Um, but like I said, her second oldest um, came through surgery and her youngest little boy came through surgery as well, but to this day is paralyzed. Oh, geez. Yeah. So with a person like that and, and, oh, get this, her, her phone call, she asked if she could use the phone and she called the guy she'd had an affair with. Cause oh that's, that's who you need to call when you get to oh, the yeah. fucking hospital. Hey, I took care of the kids. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, people like her, I'm just like, uh, there's, there's no excuse, you know? I mean, it's no. <laughs> just none. No, that's, uh, those are the scenarios where the first thing that pops into my head and this may make me a little bit horrible, but that's okay. I, I, I've made my peace with it. Um, <laughs> it's one of, one of those, it's an expression a friend of mine that's a mechanic actually uses all the time. He calls it a percussive, manual percussive maintenance is required. He would write that on like work order tickets when we, when he was fixing, fixing something. It means he hit it with something big and heavy until it started working right. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm not saying it would necessarily work, but you know, Look, it, it might. Here's, here's it works thing. for a stuck engine. Yeah. I mean, well, and here's the thing too, and this is one of my hot takes, right? I'm not pro death penalty. I'm really not. I think that it's impractical um from yeah. surely like it costs more than life in prison and most of the time they end up dying of natural causes in prison anyway because of all the compulsory appeals um so <laughs> it, from that point of view i think that it's not a practical thing right there's yeah. you know there's always with people who have an opinion about this there's a moral or ethical kind of approach to it as well and that's a personal belief system i'm not going to say anybody's wrong for supporting the death penalty. I mean, especially I've not been in a position where I've ever had to have a, a firm opinion about it. Um, that said, <clears throat> if people are put to death and or meet vigilante justice in, in jail, I'm not crying on my pillow about it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's one so of those there. things where, yeah, you know. That's, that's my hot take. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, I, I get it. I, that's one of those things where I'm kind of like, you know, as much as I will talk about convicts and criminals, and mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer if you serve your time and if you actually seem to be sorry for what you did, you should be allowed to say, look, I did my time. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing this anymore. I've made, I'm, I mean, I'm a firm believer in second chances. Mm -hmm. Fifth chances, maybe not so much. No, no. But one of those things I've always kind of been where I'm like, you know, one good thing I can say about the prison industrial complex is they sure got a unique way of dealing with things like pedophiles and, and certain other criminals where it's like, yeah, you went in there and even the really bad guys think you're worse. Yep. So yeah. I know, mean, that's something when somebody's <laughs> in prison for murder and is cheered on as he beats Jeffrey Dahmer to death. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there are, just some people who are next level yeah it's, you know i mean it, it, one of the things that really struck me is like when ted bundy was executed people were tailgating outside of the prison and and cheering them on and they had signs and t-shirts that said burn bundy burn and all this yeah I, I and i just thought it's a little ghoulish at the same time again not crying on my pillow about him dying yeah, like I mean I'm, I'm not i'm not gonna like you know mark it on my calendar and, and have a little party and on the anniversary like hey right. Woo, but right but at the same time i'm not losing any sleep over it it's garbage so i mean you know that was a dollar 40 worth of electricity that i think was very well spent very well spent mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so it might, might be a little morbid but you know i mean if, if we're looking at it from a nuts and bolts perspective yeah. I mean, <laughs> look listen um he, along with many others, it's it's sort of like uh, how how macabre is it really? How morbid is it really? When you look at just the entire magnitude of his crimes. Oh yeah, it's you know what I mean. Like yeah, I, I mean, I'm. It's one of those things when when you've done something to the point where your name becomes synonymous with somebody going, this is the worst case scenario. Right. 
at that point, you've really lost any empathy I might have ever developed for you. Ever. I'm not going to lean back and go, you know, he might have had a no, 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 no. <laughs> no. That's that's a wrap. You you kind of signed that. You signed your own ticket on that one. You know, it's mm -hmm. when you've done these horrific things, when you've shown literally no remorse, you right. basically gloated and flaunted what you've done. Yep. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be remembered forever. Yeah, well, unfortunately, yeah, but you're not going to, some people are okay with being remembered as a warning. And yeah. that's, I, I, that's a level of narcissism I just don't get. Oh, God. I mean, I mean, if, if I'm ever remembered, I hope it's for something cool. I mean, right. I mean, you know? and honestly, like, I don't need to be famous or anything. If people remember me as being kind, that's plenty for me. You know what I mean? Like, yep. It's I, just, you know, some I, I, of the, yeah. <laughs> that, ma I don't know, that matters to me more, I guess, than intelligence, than you know, I mean, I do like work ethic. I think that that's important too. But like, oh, just yeah. being a decent person, having some compassion, being, you know, somebody, I mean, like one of the things that I find myself saying is like, be good to each other, God damn it. Like, exactly. It's, it, it, it's not complicated. No, I've, <laughs> and I've never lost sleep over being kind to somebody ever and people have said to me like i'll give money to a homeless person or something and yeah. they'll be like oh they scammed you and i'm like yeah i'm still gonna sleep fine tonight i don't give yeah. a shit like if one person scammed me I, I don't care you know this could be somebody really in need and frankly if they're out there panhandling anyway like there's something yeah. that's not great <laughs> you know? like, yeah although there, there can be some conditions to that one i i used True. to work in chicago mm -hmm. and i live out in the suburbs so i would ride the train into into town every day and sure i got on the, the 5 a.m train out of out of the town that i was commuting out of mm -hmm. which for, for me was convenient because i was going the, the building i worked in was literally attached to the train station oh nice so yeah i could get i could get on the train and then like take a nap because yeah. most nights I didn't, I didn't go to bed till one thirty, two o'clock anyway, just because I don't sleep. Same. So <laughs> 5 a.m. for me just sucks. So I'm, mm -hmm. I get on the train and I had I have this great jacket. It's just like olive drab jacket. Mm -hmm. it's super. It's like stuffed and super warm and it has a big ratty hood on it. And I looked homeless. It was fantastic because I would get on the train, pull my hood up over my head and everybody would leave me the hell alone. The conductors right. knew who I was because I, I had a monthly riding pass. So they yeah. just they after after a few weeks they were just like oh that's just Aaron, and I would <laughs> I would I would bundle up in my corner and just knock out until I got to the city, and there was this one guy, who, I saw him every morning, in the same mm -hmm. spot as I was riding the escalator out of the train station to go into the lobby of the building so I could go to my building, or my my floor, and he was standing there and he just, same deal every day standing there with a like a hat this and not like a little hat like a big fedora with like a huge brim on it standing there going please mm -hmm. help me please and kind of sing-songing the whole time mm -hmm. and you know i i i i'm not the world's biggest empath but i'm, I'm not a, a real rotten bastard i might be a little bit of a rotten bastard but <laughs> I, I i like to think i have at least a decent heart and you know I'm, sure. i'd grab the guy a cup of coffee or whatever when i was getting my mine out of the uh the station coffee mm -hmm. house yeah you know i'd come down and I'd see this guy every day and, you know, I give him a cup of coffee every once in a while or a donut or whatever, you know? And, um, like there was this, this community of Amish, they made like cheese and butter and a bunch of pastries and stuff. They would set up shop in the, in the lobby area, like once a month. And so I'd always buy him a bunch of stuff when I was buying stuff from them because I was, I was making good enough money where I was like, yeah, it doesn't hurt me to give this guy $10 worth of food so he can right. eat for a couple of days. Right. And I kind of get to know the guy and he's, I finally, one day I was bringing him something. He's like, Oh, here, I got you something. What? <laughs> he goes, no, here, I, I got you a bunch of cheese from the Amish people. And I'm like, dude, that, that stuff's not expensive. And he's like, I cleared like 70 grand last year. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm still going to get you your cup of coffee. Thank you for at least being honest with me, but I'm not giving you any Damn. more money. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Cause 
at, at, at one point I had even offered him a job and he was because one of my, my dish guys quit. And I was like, look, I don't know your background. I don't know your history, but you're here every day. So at least you're punctual and reliable. If you want to, yeah. if you want to come work for me, I can get you benefits and I can get you full time. And he was just like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I appreciate it, but uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm doing okay doing this and blah, blah, blah. I come to find out he's got a nicer car than I do. <laughs> oh my God. I was just like, and he's like, yeah, I work like four hours a day just between people coming into town and people leaving. I, he says, I work from like 6 a.m. To, to about 8.30 and then I go have lunch and I can't even be angry though. Park. I'm impressed. I, yeah, I, I, I was like, I, I, I can't, I can't be mad at you, you know? Yeah, and, and he's just was very consistent, and he always showed up, and he always looked kind of bummy. But yeah, I come to find out that's a that was a very crafted and tailored experience. He was he was he was working it, and that's I, like I, said, I couldn't even be mad at him. I was just like, wow. how do you not? How do you work here every day, and nobody seems to really? He goes, oh, they all think I'm nuts or whatever. <laughs> Okay. All right. Good At least you, he's owning it. You know, I mean, yeah. yeah and and I, I took my nice little collection of Amish cheeses and sausages and stuff. And I went up into my office and one of my workers was like, wow, chef, you splurged today. And I was like, oh no, dude, dude down in the lobby bought it for me. <laughs> he's like, what? I'm like, you know, crazy dude with the hat. And he's like, didn't you try and hire him? I said, yeah, he doesn't need my money. <laughs> and <laughs> And the, the, I, I, I mean, I didn't want to, you know, spoil it for him for everybody else. So it's like, sure. nah, he's good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I buy that guy breakfast three days a week. So he, he felt like doing something nice for me. That's and amazing. Then, yeah, I was, I, I, like I, said, I couldn't fault the hustle. I was just like, wow. <laughs> right. But, you know, I, at, at, the other, at the same time, though, I was going, how many other times have I felt really bad for somebody and they should probably be feeling bad for me? because i mean like i said i I know what i cleared that year and i paid all my taxes and everything so i'm like you know at the end of the day this guy took home more than i did and he works four hours a day standing still that's i mean if (laughs) if you are ingenious enough to make that work good on you i mean you know it's at the same time there are plenty of jobs that make a lot more money than i've ever made in any of my jobs and I wouldn't have been happy doing them, you know. I don't want to stand on the corner and panhandle. Yeah. Well, I actually I found out too. Apparently, in, in the city of Chicago, you can get a license to do that. Really? Like Ten dollar. It's a ten dollar fee to get a panhandler's license. How wild! And yeah, I. I mean, I guess the city's got to get their cut. I mean, it is Illinois. It's a punchline pretty much across the country when it comes to political corruptness and stuff. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I. I Okay, so we're going to take a quick break here, stick in a few commercials, and we'll come back with the conclusion of my interview with Ariel. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll be right back with you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I can't, I'm not, I mean, I'm not originally from here, so I don't feel that bad making fun of it. I mean, I've been here long enough, but I mean, realistically, when you're a punchline on Saturday Night Live and they're like, eh, how many, how many, if you, once you're done in office in Illinois, it's rough because you got to go straight to jail for three years. <laughs> I mean, well, they're not wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm from Texas. We don't have the whole corruption thing, but you know, I mean, I was born in Tennessee, but for all intents and purposes, I'm Texan, and I have zero problem making fun of my state. Um, it's 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 Texas. Like, how can you not? Um, now, I also love Texas, um, but I okay. So I look <laughs> at states in really strange ways, and um, like for instance, everybody's like, "Wait, where did this weird thing happen?" And, you know, the response is Florida. And they're like, well, of course it's Florida. (laughs) And uh, I once just off the cuff, I don't know where this comes from. Sometimes my mouth works faster than my brain does. But I was like, yeah, Florida's like the 1970s of states. Like, um, (laughs) (laughs) oh, 
jeez. And, um, that, that's perfect. It's, <laughs> it was, it was a weird time, y'all. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I think that, that, you know, Texas is maybe the 80s. It's not like a ton better. I mean, if it didn't happen in Florida, it probably happened in Texas or California. I mean, yeah. I say let's let's not sell the land of fruit and nuts short. It's, yeah, let's. It's a toss up. Maybe we tied. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I can't say too much because like my whole, my dad's whole side of that family. I should the family I should say is Texas, Louisiana. I think a couple are in Mississippi now. And ooh, the buckle of the Bible Belt. <laughs> yeah. They, they, uh, <laughs> all them all that Gulf Coast craziness that. Uh, sinks in there (laughs) and i I love going to see my family down there but man it's a different world it is and Mm -hmm. and 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 it's always fun for me because i get down there and everybody going you talk funny (laughs) (laughs) i get i get a weird thing like anytime i go up north people assume i'm from pennsylvania i i don't i mean there are certain things i say that are like you can tell they're texan like i say y'all um and certain pronunciations like oh and the fact that i call everybody darling like that's that's pretty Texan. yeah that's you know um but sometimes i think people don't understand like when i type darling i'm not like oh darling you're so lovely like i'm seriously like oh thanks darling like <laughs> yeah and maybe, maybe it's just because i got the family connection but that's uh-huh. always how i saw it i'm just like right <laughs> Like that's a Texan right there. Uh huh. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. also things like, well, I figure we're gonna do whatever. I mean, like, some people have no clue what that means. You figure? You figure? What does that mean? Your figure? Yeah, and it's like there's there's math involved. <laughs> yeah. It, n- nah, honey. It's, <laughs> bless your heart. Um, I love Southernisms. They just, they are amazing. Like, and I don't use them very often, but I grew up with them. And so they will fly out of my mouth every once in a while. Like my grandmother used to say, and this is totally not couth, okay? (laughs) She's, but she would just go, well, if that don't, hair lip Effie. (laughs) I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Yeah, that's a Southernism if I've ever heard one. Well, that poor girl is so bucktooth, she could eat a carrot through a picket fence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually, I've heard that one out of some of my, my, my kin, as it were. <laughs> yeah, some of your kin folk. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 well, and the thing is, too, they're, they're, so, some of them, a, a good portion of them, are like Creole, Acadian, mm. Louisiana. So mm-hmm. I, maybe I'm lucky because I, I, when I used to go down there, I would understand it. And maybe, and my dad used to give me hell for it because he's a Navy brat. He was, he, yeah. he grew up in Guam, Hawaii, uh, the Philippines. Wow. In the, the, and California. He was, I think he was born in California. He grew up in Guam, Hawaii, and the Philippines. Mm-hmm. My grandpa was in the Navy and, he got shipped around. So my dad does not sound like the majority of his family. And sure. he wound up in the Midwest at Great Lakes Naval Base in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And and that's how I wound up working out in the equation. He met my mom in Wisconsin and there you mm-hmm. go. <laughs> and so to me, with the a very rare occasion where he would say something and I knew, I was like, oh, he got that from grandpa yeah but he does not sound like a lot of his siblings yeah (laughs) so we would go down there to visit and i like i said i don't know if if there's some sort of hardwiring in there or something but i would sit there going i don't know how the hell i know what you just said (laughs) because it would it would be a combination of a draw on Mm -hmm. top of creolisms Mm -hmm. and and part of that whole being stuck in a bunch of accelerated learning classes is I learned German and French and nice. And yeah. The Spanish. French really helps. Around yeah. The, you know. So, but it was talking to my family and there's all these little bastardized French things coming out mm-hmm. where I'm like, and not, not so much my, like the closer to my generation and my dad's siblings, but 
like hearing my grandparents and other people in the area talking and I'm going, you know, I'm from Wisconsin. You shouldn't make any damn sense to me, but yeah, (laughs) here's a buck. Go get some Lucy's. I mean, (laughs) my, my, uh, my brother lived in Nolens for a good while. Um, while he was in school, uh, he went to Tulane. And so, uh, he was able to kind of translate those things. Um, (laughs) And it was it was just so funny. Like one of the times that we went and visited visited, we went down for Crudevu, which is the um, the month before Mardi Gras. For anyone who's not aware, it's like a political parade, more or less, and hilarious and totally <laughs> triple X. Like you, <laughs> they yeah. no punches. Um, it was a really really good time. But one of the things he told uh, he told me was like, so if you want to be somebody that they leave alone because they will fuck with tourists. So if you want to be left alone, there's something that a lot of the locals will say, and that's, I know where you got them shoes. (laughs) And your response will let them know whether you're from there or not. And the appropriate response for everyone out there (laughs) is, yeah, on my feet. It's a good answer. (laughs) Yep. Yep, that is that is. I'm saving a lot of people a lot of trouble. <laughs> so. Well, I, I don't know if we can say a lot of people if we're, if I if I'm the one sticking this out there. You're gonna save about a dozen people that are probably never gonna leave the Midwest. <laughs> but hey, if y'all go down to visit, remember that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's actually that sounds like something that I may even have heard at some point. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's been been a, been a long while since I've been down to see the family. Sure, sure. Uh, and don't worry about the the listenership. I mean, your show's very oh, I, new, and it's it. That's the great thing about podcasts—they grow. So, yeah, that, well, for like I've, I've I've said it many times at this point. I do it for for you know giggles as much as anything else. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I do it for me. If if it grows, great. If not, that's fine too. Because that means when I get tired of it, I can stop. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's, without a whole lot of fuss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I might have a few people emailing me going, dude, I haven't heard anybody say anything abusive or ignorant lately. Send me a text. <laughs> <laughs> but, and actually it's kind of funny because since I did start recording some stuff, mm-hmm. I got a, actually a few people that uh, I had this thing going on for a little while, just people I've worked with, particularly when we started really getting everybody had smartphones mm-hmm. at first, like when, iPhones were and Androids were just starting to be out there. Like I had my my Galaxy S3. I remember that's how, that's kind of how I benchmark where this happened. Like it right. was seven phones ago. So, <laughs> and I'm not one of those people who gets a new phone every year. It's just I keep oh, track. No. Of, I, I just keep track of the model number so I know how far behind I am. Right, right. But I use my phones until they fall apart. Hey, but, same. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't look I don't need all the fancy stuff i drive a beater ass kia i'm the same way with cars <laughs> that bitch is yeah, paid no, off exactly <laughs> I, I gotta be honest that's i i have this is the first point in my life where i've ever been sitting there going well i only got this many payments left and going yeah it's time to get a new car every other time i've had a car where it's like you know what that thing i paid that off two years ago i don't care if the wheels fall off tomorrow mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and it is ugly my car oh, is yeah. Those are the best ones. But it's it's like a comfy pair of slippers. Like it doesn't exactly. matter how ratty they are, they feel good. Like yeah, it's it's sprung in all the right places. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But so like I said, so seven phones ago, I was working at this place. Um and, uh, it was a banquet hall. We did a lot of really like upscale weddings and stuff. I mean, they'd have these wedding dinners where it was 50 people and the bill was $70,000, you know? Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like really high-end fancy stuff. And we would get some of the just most ignorant ass people coming through like, oh, well, I'm part of the bridal party. Doesn't matter. Get your ass out of the kitchen. (laughs) You don't come through this swinging door. When you come back here, you're in my world now and I'm going to make you cry. And (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I had a boss who was like, well, I'm the executive chef because I, I uh, it was the, co- the company I worked for. It was actually the company I worked for in Chicago. And we lost the contract for the place I was working. So I got 
shit bag lost my job and I transferred back to this this country club where my buddy was the executive chef and I called him up the day I found out I wasn't working anymore and he's like I was just like hey bud and he's like yeah I, uh, I heard you can come in you can start on Monday I was just like that's that is a you. true friend <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah and he knew he was for the for the money he was getting a good deal because yeah I could be left alone to my own devices and sure. everything would be fine mm-hmm. but he also liked having me around because a lot of a lot of the particularly with the younger kids that worked there we had a lot of late teens early early 20s for the most part uh as far as the kitchen staff went a lot of people that were like interning through the culinary schools in the area and stuff like that so they had the skills but they hadn't really paid their dues yet and they weren't used to dealing with these you know dealing with customers and for as much as i can be well me i i have like i have a gift for that sort of stuff when it comes Mm -hmm. to interacting with clients and customers and things i mean obviously i don't have a problem talking to people and i'm fairly well spoken the majority of the time Mm -hmm. but i'm also confident enough in in my stances on things where i don't get pushed around real easy either Mm -hmm. and for some reason i have a gift when it comes to diffusing drunks i i nice i I, I bartended for a while i bounced that's useful Oh yeah, it comes in really handy. <laughs> Particularly when I'm sober enough to do it myself. I I found I found if I'm one of the drunks, I, I my my golden tongue gets a little uh, rust on it because I, apparently when I'm slurring, I'm not nearly as persuasive. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. I I was the kind of the go-to guy when something like that would happen. We'd get some drunk come staggering into the into the kitchen or you know wanting to start pushing people around or giving the wait staff hell. And the wait staff go to was well, we got to go talk to our floor captains or whatever. And then I got it got to the point where I had the floor captains coming to me, going, uh, yeah, "Can you go talk to this guy?" Uh, yeah, sure, I got it. And you know, we'd have, have some drunk fall into the kitchen. Uh, you know, I, I run a restaurant over on the other on the north side, and da, da, da. like, well, if you run a restaurant, you know you're an insurance liability. Get the hell out of my kitchen. <laughs> you can't talk to me like that. Yeah, uh, I thought you had ran a restaurant. You know how we talk. Get out. And, you know, I'd, and I'd throw the guy out. And they'd go to complain and, oh, well, the chef's in there yelling at me. And they, I, that assumption got made a lot because, I, A, I would, yell at, I would yell at guests when they came into the kitchen. And, mm-hmm. and B, I was older than 85% of the people that worked there. And sure. generally the executives that chef would make a point of kind of blending into the background when those things happen so they wouldn't so mm-hmm. and it, it, that big bald guy was in there yelling at me that's not the chef we'll, we'll take care of it we'll talk to the chef for you and like <laughs> and, and and he would go talk to people and it was like it was a tag team thing he'd be like okay look i'll take care of it i'll have a talk with him you know but you really you, he is right you can't be back here but he should have handled it differently blah blah blah, blah whatever and then he would come over to me and be like okay that's done <laughs> and he because he wanted to yell at him too, but you know, this way we could still maintain the professionalism and save face. And we got to cuss at him and get him out of the kitchen. Sure. Or occasionally other things where it'd be like, you know, catch a couple people drunk and making out in a broom closet or whatever. And Oh boy. Oh, <laughs> the stories I could tell. Oh, I, God. I, I, I'm actually, I'm actually putting together a, a sort of a, a rough out for maybe a mini series type thing just with stories like, horror stories from the service industry for the last oh god i'd love that uh, and uh, yeah it's, uh, it's it's a work in progress there's actually a couple similar things out there but these are my stories <laughs> so, yeah. and like i said there are some there are some doozies uh, one, one place i worked there was actually it was this closet and i don't know what it was about the closet i've never been drunk enough where it's like hey let's let's go get our freak on in that in that little broom closet over there nope but it was also <laughs> where all the all the lights controls and everything for the banquet room were so mm. anytime they wanted to raise or lower the lights or turn on the pa or any of that sort of stuff somebody would have to go in that closet so it's not like it was a discreet out of the way place there was a lot of traffic in this closet and oh, dear God. We, had a, we had a tally sheet for how many people we busted and what you could see when you opened the door on it. <gasps> it was like, she's naked, he's naked, they're both naked, caught him in the act, and, and, we, and we kept oh, a, a, like a dry erase board <laughs> with hash marks on it. And, and there was a lot of hash marks on that board, and it was just, it was really kind of oh, disturbing boy. where 
it's like I am both the best and the worst guest you can get at any kind of function because I have the mentality of I've been there on the other side and I'm going to be so cool to these people that are working. But at the same time, I'm sitting there looking for every single thing I know is probably going wrong and going to freak me out about whatever it is I'm having put in front of me. That's I'm like, hilarious. oh, God. Oh, God. I mean, like, there's two drunks heading towards that, towards that uh, linen room over there. Go get them. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> my husband and I met waiting tables at uh, Olive Garden. Shout out, Hospitaliano family. <laughs> We served all kinds of traditional Italian foods, like chicken Italianica. <laughs> yeah, that's. I can't. I can't say too much because my wife was actually a waitress when we met uh, at the place. At the place I was working. I mean, you cannot get any more of a like stereotypical. This is, you know. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Cook, waitress. Yeah, that happens. And, yep. well, and, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I got to admit when we, when we finally decided we were going to go out, everybody mm. was like, how the hell did he do that? <laughs> and I'm just like, I wore her ass down. That's how I got her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, persistence my, uh, kids. <laughs> my husband and I both like, anytime we go out to eat, we have, expectations of things that may have happened in the kitchen to certain people who are like <laughs> asshole customers oh, yeah. um and and you know we and it's not that we don't want things happening to us but it's like we've been there so we're the kind yeah. of people who will tell the waiter especially if we see somebody in the weeds like if our servers oh, yeah. in the weeds we'll just be like hey don't worry about it we're we're gonna tip you well you take care of your other customers, okay? We yeah. were both waiters, like <laughs> really and truly. Yeah. You oh, know. definitely. So. Um, well, when when my wife and I first got together, her parents and because she's from here, mm -hmm. and her parents and a couple of her other like aunt and uncle and a couple of her cousins and stuff that, um, they had this thing where they would go out to dinner like every Friday night, mm -hmm. and at first we didn't really get to go because we were both working in the industry and we both worked Friday nights. Sure. But then I changed jobs and then she changed jobs and all of a sudden they're like, well, you know, we're going to dinner every Friday night if you want to come with. And I'm like, Oh yeah, sure. That'll be fine. And where are you going? And they name someplace and be like, everything they serve there is fried. Not that I necessarily have a problem with that. Like, and I could find things I liked on the menu I, I mean, I, 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 one of those people, I will eat pretty much anything. So I will find something I'm going to eat. Uh, <laughs> but, but my, my, my uh, kid when he was younger was extremely particular. So it was a case of, well, they got fried chicken, so he'll eat that. And so we go out to dinner with them. And after like the third time I'm sitting there going, I hate your family. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean. I mean, they're, they're like, I, I love my in-laws. They're fantastic people. I really, I got lucky in that department. I don't have to okay. deal with any of that, any of that horror, like this stereotypical, anything you're going to see on a sitcom. Right. Like when, when people are complaining about who they married, I don't deal mm -hmm. with that crap. I, I actually, I, I really like my in-laws, but some of the extended family, I was just like, you do realize everybody in this restaurant hates you, right? Because not only are you bogging down the server, you're pissing off the kitchen, and everyone else in the restaurant is having to wait because you're making things difficult. <laughs> I, well, and that's one of those things, too, that, like, when we're talking about, once again, something that I have to say right now is just for everybody listening, if you don't, if you've never worked in a restaurant, if your meal, if your dish is wrong, it's not the waiter's fault and chances are yeah. it's probably not the cook's fault either right like yeah. the cooks know what they're doing they have one job <laughs> it's like, yeah it's, most of the time it's a misunderstanding or a miscommunication somewhere when people a computer are, glitch exactly so you know please don't take it out on your server you know what i mean yeah that's, <laughs> but I, I it got to the point though where we would be seated and 
I would, would the server would come over to take everybody's drink orders or whatever. And I, as they're taking, when they got to me, I, I was usually the last guy just because that's how it always worked out. I'd be like, all right, look, I'm going to tell you this ahead of time because I know nobody else said anything. Checks are going to be split. They're, so they're not going to tell you that until you're here. Um, so split the checks. I said, I'm taking care of me, her, and the little guy. And they're going to be a pain in the ass, but whatever goes wrong, I'm going to take care of you guys. So don't worry about it. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. As, as much as they're going to be a pain in the ass, the worse they are, the better I tip. So don't just try and try and, you know, have a good night. And and that worked a lot. And I didn't worry about anybody doing anything terrible to my food. Right. Well, I mean, like personally, I've never done anything deliberately to ruin anybody's food, but I know it happens. Right. Because they start giving the wait staff hell, and I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> like, well, don't don't cuss at me. Well, don't be a shithead. It's can you not see this kid is doing the best they can? Right. Knock it, knock it off. I'm like you, you know, deserve, I, you deserve spitting your chicken. <laughs> you and, know, my dad. Um, he always has this policy that he's like. You know, anybody can be having a bad night or whatever, but he said, you know, I'm generally a pretty good judge character. I can tell when somebody's frazzled and I can tell when somebody doesn't give a shit, right? And he said, you know, I will never tip less than 25% of the ticket, which, good job, dad. Um, (laughs) But he will leave on a receipt, you know, even after tipping 25%, he'll say, this may not be the occupation for you. (laughs) That's fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I may adopt that approach. Actually, I, I, I like that. That's yeah. Because because I'm I'm the same way. I think honestly, if I get like some really, you can tell it's just somebody's really phoning in and just being like, oh yeah horrible. Mm-hmm. They might get twenty percent depending on how much I spend. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, because I've I've been known to go out and you know run up a. tab depending on where we go right I mean not not real often I don't want to make it sound like I'm living some lavish life but sure sure special occasions or whatever my wife and I will go someplace really nice and there may be a bottle or two of wine on the bill and right you know and hors d'oeuvres and dessert and whatever and I I'm generally a whiskey guy myself so there's probably gonna be a couple especially if it's a nice occasion you know Mm -hmm. anniversary or birthday or whatever there's gonna be a couple nice glasses of scotch on that tab that's gonna sure. make it where like oh yeah 25 percent of this i'm not giving this guy a hundred dollars i don't care <laughs> he, he, right. he was a jerk right and, well i mean and that's the thing too is like i feel like if you can't tip, tip at least 18 percent, don't right, go out yeah. to eat you shouldn't be going out this, at that point no i mean and that's the thing is like most of the time i'm i'm eating mid-range places if we're going out to eat it's it's probably a chain restaurant something like on the border or yeah whatever and so we're not racking up hundreds of dollars it's it's one of those things where it's like we might have a margarita and that might push us up to like 60 you know so if you can't if you can't tip at least 18 percent, don't go out to eat like exactly and I don't know how it is. I mean, there's the the movie, what is it called? Waiting, I think. Yeah, I, I love that movie, actually. It uh, is yes. hysterically <laughs> funny. Oh, and yeah. the guy who tips $2, oh, there were oh, so yeah. many times that I wanted to be like, no, here, you take this. You obviously, yeah, obviously did you more need than this I did. more than me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. Yeah. So well, if you're a shitty, shitty person to your wait staff, um, you can bet they're going to talk shit about you probably indefinitely. <laughs> like... Oh yeah. I, I, I've got a couple that my wife still talks about, and this is like 20 years. It's been 15 years since she waited a table <laughs> and That's... she still brings up some of them. Yeah. I mean, that is officially your fucking legacy. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah and, and sometimes, you know, I, every once in a while we'll get that like exception to the rule where it's like, yeah, they started going out to eat two days after Lincoln got shot. So they think a dollar is a good tip. Right. Because they literally are, you know, older than Methuselah. So right, right. I mean, and you they, do. There's a little degree of forgiveness there, but. Right. Well, there was a table I remember that came in once. And this was this was probably the worst that I saw while I was at the Olive Garden, at least. 
um, they brought in a 15 top and they, when they got the bill, they paid the exact amount on the bill. Oh my God. They did not leave a tip. That's horrible. And so including the fact that they didn't put in gratuity or any of that, he ended up having to pay for their food. I mean, like, that, yeah, that's, that's it was, uh, it was horrible. And he was stuck doing that for two fucking hours while they sat there. And so he couldn't take any other tables. Yeah. I was going to say, and at that point, that is your table for the night. That's yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just all were like, Oh, I mean, like even the bussers, just like gave up their tips for the night to like give them to him because yeah, I mean, that's, well, that's real solid. That's, <laughs> and that's the thing that's in the industry. It's a lot of family mentality. There, it's definitely. Like, that sucks. Definitely. I mean, most of the servers chipped in a bit too. I mean, they were like, he needs to have made some money tonight. <laughs> like, yeah, that would be, and, that's a soul crushing evening. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I try and be decent. And yeah, like I said, I, the only time I make that exception is, and I've, I, like I said, I don't want to make it sound like it's something we do a real big deal. Like we go out to dinner and spend ridiculous amounts of money. Mm -hmm. It's like I said, it's, I think I, I did that for our 10th anniversary, which yeah. was several years ago. So that was kind of like, you know, that was the last time. And I was working a really good job at the time. So I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, I can afford to, you know, I, I was getting regular bonuses and stuff. So right. I was like, yeah, I, th this is just for us to go out and be stupid with. I mean, we've splurged a time or two. I think for our 10th yeah. anniversary, we went out to this really nice Brazilian steakhouse. Ooh. Yeah. Miss yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, but, um, but yeah, like I said, and that was just where I was like, you know, normally I tip like I said, around 20, 25%, depending mm -hmm. on how much the bill is. Cause you know, I, I don't have uh, bottomless pockets at this point. I'm sure. Still wait, still waiting for my Powerball retirement investment. To pay I'm, I'm waiting for that, you know, <laughs> that, that just pile of podcast cash so that I can Scrooge McDuck it down a oh, yeah. <laughs> pill of money. <laughs> The, the the Joe Rogan experience. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. I'm pretty Here's sure. Here's a check for a hundred million dollars. Have fun. I'm pretty sure it's going to happen for me. <laughs> well, if it does, and you need a sidekick or a cook, let me know. I clean oh, windows. Uh. <laughs> I would. I would absolutely give. I, I'd cut off my own toe if I could just make a living doing podcasting. I mean, you know what I'm I mean? Okay with it. Yeah, I've yeah. got that I don't really need. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just who, who just needs perfect balance. Exactly. I just I just need a comfortable living. Like I don't I don't need to be like wealthy and like I said I don't need to be famous. I just would like to be able to pay my bills and not worry about it. Exactly. And then talk for a living. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm not greedy. I just want to be able to say, hey, you know what? When I flip the switch, the lights are going to stay on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. That's where I am, too. Yeah. And I won't... Yeah. I'd like a new fridge, too. If I'm if I'm being strictly greedy, I, I need a new fridge. <laughs> I'd like to maybe get a different a different house. Not a bigger house, but where I live is, like, on a really busy road. Okay, so, so a little the, more... Yeah. Especially with podcasting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it didn't bother me before I started podcasting. And then once I did, I was like, <clears throat> when James went to, oh God. Yeah. All right, all right, let's do this over again. And by the end, sometimes when I'm recording, it'll just be like, you can hear a Mack truck doing its like accelerating and you can hear that, you know. <laughs> and by the end of it, yeah. I'm just like, Jesus fucking really really oh my god and I mean look I at some point in time I think on Patreon I'm just gonna release an episode unedited <laughs> <laughs> like here's what I go through for you people you can listen to me uh scream profanity you can hear me burp you can hear me <laughs> That's it's worth not a couple bucks. It's not glamorous. I'm just telling you, but you will probably get a laugh out of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. now, that's actually one of those things I'm like kind of 
I'm, I have my recording area set up and it's downstairs. So I've got the earth as a insulator, which is kind of cool. And I, I originally was planning on like building a little small recording room because I had a couple people who were like, Hey, you know, heard you're furloughed, heard you're doing this thing. What do you think? And I was like, well, I suppose. And I priced it out. And then all of a sudden the entire Pacific Northwest caught on fire. Right. And, and all of a sudden lumber went from like, you know, $3 for a two by four to something like 1250. And I went, yeah, you remember that $2,000 I was going to spend building a studio? Yeah. It's like 10 grand now. So and we're, we're going to put a pin in that for now. Just, let's just put that on the shelf for a little bit. Yeah. So I, I got know. some. Where I got some really it? nice acoustic tiles. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, yeah. Um, hey, Aaron, I'm gonna have to. I have a another guest spot at seven, and I haven't had dinner. All right, and that'll bring it to a close. The last couple minutes of the conversation was just us saying that we both had to get going, and uh, frankly, I really enjoyed talking to Ariel. I had a blast i look forward to talking to her again and i hope you guys enjoyed listening to our little conversation maybe getting to learn a little bit more about both of us and just uh for the last time i'm just gonna reiterate this go listen to her show if you haven't it's really it's it's good and i never thought i'd be like pro true crime stuff just never been my thing you know but she does presents the information really well and in a really interesting way and gives a really human aspect to everything so seriously if you're listening to me and you're not listening to her i don't know what you're doing with your life go check it out and for now that's all i had to say happy new year everybody thanks for listening to another episode of i had to say it if you liked what you heard leave a review give us a follow give me some feedback and if you didn't like what you heard leave a review give me a follow give me some feedback i'll try and fix it Check us out on all the social media platforms that I had to say at podcast is the trigger for all that stuff for the search term. And if you want, check out the website, www.ihadtosayitpodcast.com. There's links to people that have been involved with the program, things I've talked about. There are some links available for some merch that we're working on, and there are ways to contact us there as well. And thanks for listening, and I look forward to talking to you again soon.